This is the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates Radio Program. I am your host, Dennis Tubergen. Glad you decided to listen in today. Hey, if you're a new listener, this is where we talk about what's going on in the economy and how it might affect you and your dreams of a comfortable retirement. To that end, to provide you good information and information from a perspective that you might not find other places, I offer a special report every month. And this report, during the month of September, is titled, Can You Profit from the Recently Passed Inflation Reduction Act? Now, this report will be sent to you absolutely free, along with some bonus information, including my best-selling book, Revenue Sourcing, which contains a retirement planning strategy for the current economy. To get your copy of the report, as well as the bonus information, including the best-selling book, all you need to do is visit the website, requestyourreport.com. The website, once again, requestyourreport.com. Just let me know your name and where to mail the report, and I'll be very glad to do that. You know, there's a lot going on globally, and certainly you know this is the case if you're listening to this program, but there's a lot going on that will, in my view, create some additional headwinds for the world economy and, of course, the U.S. economy moving ahead. Now, in this segment, I want to talk about one situation that has the potential to be especially impactful on the U.S. economy. Now, in the second and third segments of today's program, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Robert McHugh. Dr. McHugh is one of the hardest working technical analysts, I think, in the business. And I'm going to get his rather shocking forecast for energy and oil prices in particular moving ahead. Now, when you, when you look at energy, and you look at energy on a worldwide basis, you're finding that energy costs, like the costs of literally everything, are going up. Now, within the last couple of weeks, I had the rather unpleasant experience of paying my September electric bill, which happened to be noticeably higher than it was a year ago. Now, I keep all my bills, and a quick visit to the file that holds my paid utility bills told the story. Based on usage from a year ago, and comparing that usage to my present electrical usage, and breaking it down to a cost per kilowatt hour used, my electric costs have gone up more than 16% year over year. So despite the fact that my electrical usage was slightly lower, the check I had to write to the power company if I wanted to keep my lights on was higher. Now, it could be worse. I could live in Europe where energy costs are literally off the charts. When someone uses the term off the charts, it's usually a bit of an exaggeration, but it is certainly not an exaggeration in this case. Now, in Europe, we have desperate politicians in some European countries that are now threatening to legislate energy usage, including passing laws mandating the maximum temperature at which a thermostat can be set and banning the use of portable heaters. Now, Michael Snyder 
wrote a piece this past week on this very topic, and I want to give you just a piece from that article. Could you imagine being sent to prison for three years if you dared to set your thermostat above 66 degrees Fahrenheit? As we will discuss, this is a proposed regulation that is actually being considered in a major European country right now. Now, Snyder says if you've not been paying attention to what's going on in Europe, you need to wake up. Natural gas in Europe is seven times more expensive than it was early last year. Now, that is due in part to the war in Ukraine, and it's due in part to central banking policies that have created inflation. Now, the reality is, over the past few decades, a lot of European countries have allowed themselves to become extremely dependent on gas from Russia. If you take the country of Germany, for example, the country of Germany gets 55% of its natural gas from Russia. But now the war has changed everything. I should say the sanctions against Russia have changed everything. And Europe is now facing an extremely harsh winter of severe energy shortages, likely mandatory rationing and heating bills that are going to be completely off the charts. Now, Snyder gives a quote from an article talking about what the politicians in the country of Switzerland are considering doing. And I quote, Switzerland is considering jailing anyone who heats their rooms above 19 degrees Celsius. The jail term would be for up to three years if the country is forced to ration gas due to the Ukraine war. The country could also give fines to those who violate the proposed new regulations. Now, 19 degrees Celsius, if you do the Celsius to Fahrenheit conversion you come up with 66 degrees. So if you live in Europe, you should prepare to dress very warmly this winter. Now don't think that you can beat this new law by using a portable heater. Under these proposed new regulations that Switzerland is considering, radiant heaters will not be allowed and saunas and swimming pools will have to stay cold. Now, what scares me about all this and what all of us should be aware of is that rapidly escalating energy costs feeds inflation in other areas of the economy, and inevitably it leads to economic contraction. Now, Snyder offers some perspective as it relates to Europe. There are a number of companies in Europe that have already gone offline. Ammonia production plants are now 70% offline in the European Union. Well, if you're not familiar with what ammonia is used for, ammonia is used for fertilizer. Well, 70% of ammonia production is offline in Europe. What will that mean to the cost of food moving ahead? 
you can see that this is a chain reaction and we're just getting started. Now there is a German steelmaking company, Arcelor Mattel, one of the largest steel production companies in Europe. They have closed down because energy costs are too high. The CEO of the company said this, and I quote, with gas and electricity prices increasing tenfold within just a few months, yes, I read that correctly, the CEO of this German steelmaker said this, quote, with gas and electricity prices increasing tenfold within just a few months, we are no longer competitive in a market that is 25% supplied by imports. They simply cannot compete. Now, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg is openly admitting that there will be civil unrest. But he insists that Europeans have to make sacrifices in order to support the war in Ukraine. The Secretary General acknowledged that the winter, quote, will be hard as families and businesses feel the crunch of soaring energy prices and costs of living in the coming months. Now, rapidly increasing energy costs, I believe, will create economic conditions that I believe are currently being overlooked. Food production is just one of those. Now, these economic conditions will have to eventually evolve into the deflationary environment that I have been warning about now for several years, ever really since the New Retirement Rules book was published. And I believe now that that time is getting closer. So what should you do? Well, I would encourage you to educate yourself. To that end, I'd like to offer you some resources during the month of September, including the September special report titled, Can You Profit from the Recently Passed Inflation Reduction Act? And when you request that report by going to requestyourreport.com, I'll also send you a copy of my best-selling revenue sourcing book that will explain how to use the revenue sourcing planning strategy that's designed especially to plan for retirement in today's economy. So again, the website to get the report and all the resources, requestyourreport.com. All you need to do is give me your name, let me know where to mail that information, and it will go out to you at no cost and with no future obligation. That is requestyourreport.com. I'll be back after these words with my special guest, Dr. Robert McHugh. I'm Dennis Tuberg, and you are listening to Retirement Lifestyle Advocates Radio. My guest today is returning guest, Dr. Robert McHugh. Uh, Bob has got to be the hardest-working technical analyst in the business. Uh, you can check out his work at technicalindicatorindex.com. I am a big fan of his work and uh, look at it regularly for information. I'd encourage you guys to all do the same. And, Bob, welcome back to the program. Oh, thanks, Dennis. Great to be back. 
So, Bob, I'm going to take a little walk down memory lane here because you wrote a book um, a few years ago called The Coming Economic Ice Age. Are we seeing the beginnings of what you forecast in that book presently? I, I do believe that that's the case. We've had a long, uh, the book was about a couple of, well, it was about a major pattern that showed up uh, that was huge, that in prior periods of time throughout history had always led to an economic recession, depression. And so I wrote the book to, to bring out that pattern and what it would probably mean and approximately when this would happen. The book was written uh, probably about six years before I think we saw the first phase of the Ice Age. And I'd say the first phase of the Ice Age was when the COVID lockdown started. So um, it's I'd say we're deep into the Ice Age at this point. And it's going to continue to get worse as a result of the the patterns, uh, predictions, and forecasts for what's what's headed in historical experience with the similar pattern. So, Bob, when you use the term pattern, uh, we must have some of our listening audience that are probably not familiar with what a pattern is as it relates to technical analysis. Uh, can you give us a uh, you know fundamental crash course on on what do you mean by pattern? Yeah, basically, um, we believe, and a lot of people believe, that the uh, markets that move uh, based upon human psychology and human behavior uh, perspective, that it's fear and greed, uh, go back to Gordon Ketko in the old movie Wall Street, fear and greed moves prices. And knowledge of, the, of all people all together throughout the world all at one time Say it creates price movement, creates a, a price for every market at that particular moment. And so it is the accumulation of all knowledge on the planet all at one time, and the, it's a measure of the mindset, the psychology, the, the, the thinking of, of all mankind at one time reflected in market pricing. And w there is a lot of uh, history with uh, – looking at patterns of these price movements that can create pictures, basically, uh, when you connect lines together and you look at different um, patterns from the past, you can get forecasts that are reliable of what's going to happen in the future if they show up again. And so it's a whole body of study. There's textbooks all over the place on it. And, and so what we do is we measure what's the market saying right now to us about where it's headed next, and then we report that. And we identify the pattern on why it's it's sending us in that direction uh, for where it's headed, and, and it's, that's it in a nutshell. So this pattern that you wrote about uh, in your book has to be a, a very ominous pattern. That if it, it's always resulted in recession or depression, uh, that that uh, you know you, you you wrote a book about it. So so what is the pattern? It's a. Uh, a, a, a broadening top pattern. It uh, looks like a, I call it the jaws of death pattern. It's a megaphone pattern. It looks like a megaphone. On the left side of the, of the chart, it was where the lines would narrow. And then if you take uh, symmetrical upward and, and downward sloping lines which connect previous tops and bottoms, uh, you'll get this picture of a megaphone or like it looks like a jaw, like a shark's jaw that's widening, ready to devour its prey. And uh, and so that's the pattern. The one we were studying and wrote about in the book uh, has it was from 1986. It started and it's finished. It finished about a year ago. 
year and a half ago. So it's completed, and now we're starting to see the downward movement off of it, off of its completion uh, with the stock market crash of 2022, and um, and we're headed much deeper because this pattern gives you a downside forecast, which in this case is going to be substantially below where we are now. Um, you know, far far below where we are now. Well, we'll get to your forecast here momentarily, but I, I think it's interesting that uh, this pattern ended about a year, year and a half ago, and in the last year and a half, we've seen some crazy things happen worldwide economically. Uh, energy costs through the roof. Uh, we've got uh, inflation that's really putting a crimp on a consumer uh, spending-dependent economy here in the United States. Uh, and it just seems like uh, you know this economy is getting 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 weaker by the day. Uh, what, what's your analysis? Yeah, economic growth is freezing right now. It's, it's declining. We've had two periods of GDP growth dropping in a row, which is the definition by most people's uh, measure of a recession. That's we're already in one, and uh, it's going to continue because the Federal Reserve has made a decision to uh, destroy uh, demand for goods and services. Uh, with their inflation-fighting uh, policy of raising interest rates dramatically. And, of course, they created the inflation in the first place when they dramatically over and stimulated the economy after COVID with uh, too much money, way too much money chasing too few goods. And at the same time, the lockdown also created shortages in goods and services because people weren't working, production wasn't occurring. So we have a supply-side crisis now. And and the decision that the Fed has made is instead of boosting, instead of the government working with the Fed in unison to boost supply, they have made a decision to reduce demand down to the level of supply, and that's their solution to inflation. But by doing that, they're effectively going to cause a deep recession and possibly an economic depression if they continue on this course of action. So, Bob, there are those out there, um, including myself, who would be of the opinion that the Fed will likely uh, reverse course here once the uh, once the economic pain gets uh, uh, to the point that there is uh, a lot of suffering uh, in the in the general populace. There'll be a lot of political pressure for them to reverse. And uh, I, I guess I'd like your take. Do you see that happening? And then, uh, if so, uh, how do you see that playing out as far as inflation and the economy? I do think that they'll be uh, they'll cave off the policy they have now because of the coming uh, midterm elections. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if in August, or I'm sorry, in October, that they uh, they reverse course or at least pause <clears throat> enough to give people, um, um, you know, a better view of the um, current administration and will not punish them for what's going on. In the election, that will be the theory. It's a political position. I mean, let's face it: the Fed is supposed to be apolitical, but it's not. It's political, and so um, I'm sure that they will ease off the pedal uh, in October for the election. But then, after the election, they could continue if the inflation rate stays high with the, on their present course. I feel, um, but at some point, this economy is going to tank so bad because of what they've done and what, what's going on in other areas of, of the of the economic uh, equation right now, that they will have to suddenly start stimulating again. But by then, uh, there could be so much damage, it may, it may not really help a lot of people that, that much. Well, if you're just joining us, uh, we're chatting today with Dr. Robert McHugh. His website is Technical Indicator Index. 
Uh, technicalindicatorindex.com, I should say. I'll be getting Dr. McHugh's forecast for various markets in the next segment. Uh, and, and Bob, uh, you know, you offer a number of different services on your site, but uh, one of them is something that you call your Platinum Trading Program. Uh, you've got a really amazing track record. Uh, if you'd be so kind, could you take a minute and just explain to the listeners what it is that you do? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, what we do is we, um, in addition to providing a, a lengthy newsletter with a lot of charts and forecasts for all the different major markets, um, we decided a, a, a few years back that um, we can help people trade these, this information, not just look at it, but try to generate an income stream off of it. So what we do is we um, provide ideas, trade ideas, to people who become members of this Platinum program. They, they actually watch us do in real time uh, trades off of the information that we produce in our newsletters that we, we show we're purchasing uh, options to, to play the market to go up or options to play the market to go down. We'll play exchange traded funds to go up, may play the market to go up or down. And so people get to experience what we're doing. They, they, a lot of people are using as education tool to learn how to trade, how to make an extra dollar for their, for their wallet. And uh, it's, it's a service that's been very popular and I enjoy doing it. Um, it's kind of a fun situation and we've had pretty good success with it so far. We've, been right about 80% of the time. Well, that's terrific. And again, the website, technicalindicatorindex.com. And Bob, we've got just a couple minutes left in this segment. Uh, there's so much talk now about uh, inflation. Uh, do you see this, based on your analysis, do you see the decline in the absolute or real purchasing power of the U.S. dollar continuing? Uh, yeah, for now I do. Um, because um, people have a mindset now, an expectation of rising prices, and businesses have been forced to raise prices in anticipation that their, their supply costs are going to go higher. And the other reason, the main reason I believe it's going to continue is because there is a supply-side problem, major league supply-side problem in this country. There, as long as there's a supply, aggregate supply is, is, is not sufficient to meet the aggregate demand of all people in this country, you have to have higher prices. You have to have higher inflation. And they're not addressing aggregate supply. They're not doing things to stimulate production of goods and services. Uh, there's things outside the, the control of people. There's, there's farming uh, issues with, with uh, you know, flooding and everything that's going on. There are people losing crops, the war with Ukraine, and so on. There's food supply issues. You go into the grocery store, you can't buy pet food, so on and so on. So as long as there's a supply side issue in this economy, in a crisis really is what I call it, I don't see how inflation can go back down to a reasonable level until that starts being addressed, unless they cause a recession depression that where people are so hurting economically, they can't afford to go look to buy, or buy anything. And in which case, supply and demand get into equilibrium, your, your, your inflation rate will drop, but at that an equilibrium level of poverty. <laughs> So what have they really accomplished? Yeah. Well, my guest today, again, Dr. Robert McHugh. I will get Dr. McHugh's forecast for various markets in the next segment. You'll want to stay tuned for that, and we'll continue our conversation with Dr. McHugh in our L.A. Radio Returns. Stay with us.
Welcome back to RLA Radio. I'm your host, Dennis Tuberg, and I have the pleasure today of chatting once again with returning guest, Dr. Robert McHugh. Uh, Dr. McHugh has the website technicalindicatorindex.com, and you can learn more about his platinum trading program at that site as well. Uh, so, Bob, when you take a look at markets this year, um, and there's there's a lot of segments and, and, and sectors in the market we can talk about as well, but just in a broad sense, you know, I think a lot of investors have the idea that, uh, you know, U.S. Treasuries and stocks tend to be inversely correlated. So when stocks are up, bonds are down and vice versa. But that certainly has not been the case year to date this year. Is this an aberration or is this more of a new normal in your view? I think it's manipulated by the Federal Reserve. Um, they have decided they want higher interest rates because they want the reduction of demand for goods and services basically make it too expensive for people to buy anything to bring back into equilibrium this, this inflation level that would be considered a, a more normal level. Um, there's, it's, it's, it's like starting a fire to kill a fire, and there's going to be a lot of damage with that. So I think the, the reason that the bonds have been dropping is because the Fed wants them to drop. Um, they've sold a lot of bonds back to the economy and pulled a lot of cash out of the economy. Their plan is to continue to do that. But at some point, um, there'll be a flight to treasuries when, this, when the stock market drops so far and the economy looks so bleak and what, whatever geopolitical issues are coming down the pike that these charts are predicting, um, then the bonds will suddenly be a safe haven. People will start buying them and treasuries will become in favor again and rates will fall. And uh, we have charts that show that in three years, Treasury will be back down to 1% to the 10-year Treasury. So I think that's where we're headed over the next three years. But where it bottoms over the short term, I'm, I'm not exactly sure because it really has a lot to do with how punishing the Fed wants to be to reduce aggregate demand. So, Bob, you indicated in the first segment that uh, you expect that stocks are going to go, I think you said, a lot lower or significantly lower than, than we find ourselves at the present time. Uh, fill the listeners in on, on what is your forecast for the major U.S. stock market indices. Well, by the time this recession depression is over, um, which could be three, four, or five years from now, I see that the industrials will be below 5,000. Uh, right now they're at uh, 32,000. 30, so um, that's how bad I see it going eventually down the pike as this thing deepens. Um, and the S&P will be finding itself back down below 600, you know. So that's the longer-term view of the, the depth of the decline that's coming. And it'll be stair-step as it has been all year. We've seen it stair-step with lower highs, lower lows, continuously progressing down. And we're about to continue to see that in the next several weeks and months, uh, that, that that will be the case uh, as well. And I see that in the short term, we are in a very high-risk moment right now, a very high-risk period where the stock market could drop to significantly over the next 30 days, and maybe even shorter than that, maybe 25 days, 20 days, and then it'll probably steady and, and possibly bounce into the election before the next layer of, of decline continues in, after the election. But um, that's, that's kind of the forecast right now for stocks. So Bob, that ultimately, if the math in my head is right, if you're if you're going from on the on the Dow Jones Industrials, if you're going from thirty two thousand to five thousand, that's 
what, an 85% decline or so? That That is huge. And it, it seems to me that that, you know, looking at where we started this year and looking at where you're ultimately forecasting the market ends up, we have a decline that we haven't seen since, you know, 1929 to 1932. Yeah, that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what the charts are saying. That's what we believe is going to happen. A ton of charts here. Different different models of, uh, of, uh, of you know, independent models that are not tied into each other saying the same thing. Different patterns that are completely different saying the same thing. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, when you take a look at the, the decline in the purchasing power of the dollar, when you take a look at inflation, um, why, in your view, have precious metals not really reacted uh, and performed the way maybe a lot of investors would have anticipated? I mean, that's a good question. Uh, I do have a pattern that I'm tracking, and pattern said it would sit around for a while, kind of in a slow, sideways uh, manner for a long time, while all this other stuff is going on, and that's this cup and handle pattern I've been tracking for a couple years now, and we're still in the handle. It's completing. We're still in the handle part. But the handle of this cup is kind of a sideways move. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. We've been kind of tracking that since 2020. And so once it busts out of the, the uh, handle pattern, the handle portion of this pattern, which I, hopefully will be soon, uh, then uh, gold should rally significantly. I mean, it's going to explode. And it, it could mean that there's going to be some geopolitical issues. There's going to be some changes in, uh, in the security of life. And that people will search to will seek to go to gold hard and fast once they get that feeling, once the psychology changes that oh my gosh this thing's really going to be bad, uh, I got to get some protection. The currency's not doing it for me. It's a it's, a, it's just hyperinflation all the time, and I got to get a, a, an item that's going to hold up. I think it's just resistance right now to the reality of life right now of what's coming. There's a lot of people that just want to be positive and say oh it's going to be okay. They know what they're doing. It's going to be all right. But these charts that have been very reliable for 100 years are saying no, no. And gold will will pop. It will pop hard at some point when, like I said, the realization hits that we're in trouble. Well, I'm chatting today with Dr. Robert McHugh. He has the website technicalindicatorindex.com, and you can learn more about his platinum trading program there as well. So, uh, Bob, your forecast is that gold will at some point here in the, I'm assuming, relatively near future, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, uh, explode to the upside or break out to the upside. Do you see silver following suit? Yes, silver should follow suit. We believe that as well, yeah. So let's just talk a little bit about certain stock market sectors. Uh, The energy sector, um, maybe largely due to the uh, sanctions against Russia this year, but probably partially due to inflation as well, and I'd love your take, uh, has been performing well. Uh, what's your forecast for the energy sector as far as stocks are concerned? Well, uh, the charts I'm looking at, the market in oil is telling us that it's going to go higher, substantially higher. Um, and so when I see these, these charts, what they're saying as much as they've, they've done well in the last uh, year, a couple of years, since they went to zero almost, <laughs> oil went to zero almost back in 2020, uh, it's going to go much higher than what we see now. Uh, so there's going to be explosion in the value of oil 
uh, for whatever reason, probably geopolitical issues, uh, I, I, according to these charts, um, and starting soon, actually, going to continue to trek higher and uh, m- much, much higher. I mean, we're talking, we could see $200 oil, maybe wow. $250 oil in the next couple of years, two to three, say two to five years, you could see that kind of price for oil. So, Bob, that puts quite a strain on um, economies around the world that are already struggling due to higher energy prices. Uh, you know, there's there's entire companies, entire uh, uh, sectors in Europe that are finding companies just shutting down because of escalating energy costs. Um, that that really just compounds this whole this whole recession or depression issue, doesn't it? Yeah, and it gets back to the supplies or the supply is the problem. Supply, supply, supply. And um, it's worldwide, and it, it's a lot of products. Oil is one of them. And until supply can, can increase dramatically in, uh, across the board, we're not going to get out of the woods in this, in this economic malaise and, and depression that's coming. We're not going to get out of it. Supply is the problem. And the, the, the incentives, the geopolitical decisions are not being made to address this issue. And it confounds me why, but I'm sure there's there's reasons that are not necessarily in the best interest of the general populace. So, Bob, with, with oil, you're forecasting oil to go a lot higher. Uh, do you see other commodities performing similarly? You know, I don't track all the other commodities as closely. I don't track wood or, you know, lumber or, or things like that, corn or soybeans. But um, just intuitively, you can see with the flooding how much crops have been destroyed. There's going to be food shortages coming because uh, a lot of the food on the shelves right now are from last year's crops, not this year's. Um, and so that's going to be a problem. As far as lumber, uh, you know, we're, there's been a problem with the lumber with, with, with housing being, being held back because of the shortages of lumber transmission, transferring it from Canada and so on. And so, yeah, I think that there's just a general general supply issue right now. It's going to hit almost everything. It's a labor problem. Labor is short. There's a shortage of labor, willing workers. It's not so much that there aren't jobs out there. There's a shortage of willing workers. There's a there's a sloth mentality that's hit, that's hit hard. It's struck like lightning, and uh, it's bizarre. And um, so that is creating shortages, and, and you know, this is bleeding through the entire economy. So I would just say broad brush, yeah, it's going to probably hit everything. So, Bob, we have time for just one more question. You bring up uh, really something that is uh, kind of confounded me as well, and that is the uh, the shortage of labor. Um, do you see that changing at some point? I mean, when this recession deepens, we, we've got many companies now announcing uh, massive amounts of layoffs. Do, do you see that... Uh, maybe the whole labor issue turns around and we've got maybe now uh, uh, more workers than we do jobs or more willing workers than we do jobs? I, I don't know. I mean, there's a there's a socioeconomic thing going on here. There's a behavioral modification thing going on here, a uh, behavior science thing going on here. Like, for example, in, in, I live in central Pennsylvania. You go in any place you want to, you want to have anything that, buy anything, the, the workforce is, is people that retired five years ago. They went back to work. They're, they're in their 60s, 70s. Some are in their 80s. They're, they're back at work. But you don't see young people working. 
you don't see them working. The people that graduate from college, they're not doing that. A lot of them are on the couch trying to make money with Nini trades and uh, and uh, you know Robinhood website and 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 uh, trying to make a fast dollar that way instead of doing the hard labor jobs that we used to see youth do uh, when they when you know like you and you and I were younger. You know, and so what's happening is that the jobs are being filled by older people that were thought they'd be able to retire and they can't because of inflation. So as far as will it change, I don't know. There has to be a hunger that strikes the the younger labor labor workforce that says, you know what, I think I better go get a job. I think I better start a business. I think I better do something because right now, from just empirical evidence, what I'm seeing in Central Pennsylvania is that there's there's a sloth problem, and you know I don't understand it. I really don't, and I'm sure I'll just kind of made made a lot of people mad when I just said this, you know. But I see it, and you know maybe the youth don't feel as though they're able to get the job that they're qualified for after college education, and they're, and they're disillusioned, and maybe that's their reason, and that may be a valid reason. But at some point, everybody's going to have to get real and start saying, "Hey, I need a job, and I need income because it ain't working right now." And, you know, they handed out a lot of money, just canceled school loans. They handed out a lot of money. And I think that gave people a false sense of security. But that's changing. It's going to change. So I do think that people are going to have to say, I got to go get a job. And hopefully there'll be jobs for them. But with supply dropping and not seeming to improve much, I don't know if there will be. Well, my guest today has been Dr. Robert McHugh. His website is technicalindicatorindex.com. You can get more information about his platinum trading program there as well. Bob, always a pleasure to catch up with you, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Love to have you back down the road for an update. Uh, thanks, Dennis. Always great to be with you. I appreciate you and your show and uh, the opportunity to be here. We'll return after these words. Dennis Tubergen. This is RLA Radio. Glad you decided to listen in today. And thanks again to my special guest, Dr. Robert McHugh, for joining me on today's program. As I was chatting with Dr. McHugh this past week and recording that interview, it occurred to me that a lot of the things that Dr. McHugh was talking about, I wrote about at least from a similar perspective anyway, back in 2021 when I wrote the book, Retirement Roadmap. In that book, I talked about the fact that it was my view that traditional advice offered by conventional financial brokers and financial advisors was about to potentially fail many aspiring retirees. Well, what is that traditional advice? Well, typically that advice is to buy stocks and buy bonds and do so in the form of funds. Now, many times advisors or brokers will charge a fee or a commission to help you pick your investments. And as you get older, often 
these advisors and brokers will suggest that you have more money in bonds. In fact, there's a rule of thumb that's often used that says you should have as many bonds in your portfolio on a percentage basis as your age. If you're 60 years old, you should have 60% of your assets in bonds and 40% of your assets in stocks if you are to follow this rule of thumb. Now, in the book, and this was written 15 months ago, I suggested, and this is a quote from the book, I would recommend you ignore this philosophy in the current economic environment. Traditional advice typically ignores other asset classes. Wall Street-only advisors focus only on stocks and bonds. Well, if you focused only on stocks and bonds this year, where would you find yourself? You'd find yourself losing money. Traditional Wall Street-only investment advice has you ignoring commodities, precious metals, and cash. And yes, there are some environments like this year that having some cash in your portfolio can be a good thing. Cash often, a broker or advisor will tell you, should be avoided because it has relatively little yield, it has no appreciation potential, and in an inflationary environment like the one we have today, it loses purchasing power. But in an environment where assets are losing value, where traditional assets are losing value, and that's exactly what's happened to stock funds and bond funds this year, cash can be king. I mean, we can look at a couple examples. Think back to when the subprime mortgage market collapsed starting in 2006. Housing, according to the Case-Shiller Housing Index, fell about 35%. Well, what if you had sold all your real estate in 2006, you took all your sales proceeds from selling this real estate, you put it in cash, and in 2010, you wanted to redeploy that cash into real estate. You would have owned 50% more real estate in 2010 than you sold in 2006 using the same amount of cash. So in that example, cash performed extremely well. If you had sold all your stocks at the beginning of 2022 and put that in cash, you could now buy stocks and buy a lot more stock. So my point is simply this. When you have an environment like the one in which we find ourselves today, where the economic outlook is dismal, is gloomy, at least in my view, you need to think about using an approach that is different than the the traditional Wall Street-only approach. And I would invite you to request some information that we're offering on today's program to learn more. Consider it a second opinion. When you go to the website, requestyourreport.com, I'm going to send you a copy of the Revenue Sourcing book. The Revenue Sourcing Planning Strategy is a planning strategy designed exclusively for today's difficult economic environment. You can get the book at no cost and no obligation. You can read it yourself, and you can get a different perspective. And again, to get that book, all you need to do is go to the website, requestyourreport.com, and along with the book, 
I will also send you a copy of my September special report titled, Can You Profit from the Recently Passed Inflation Reduction Act? You'll also get a couple recent copies of my client-only newsletter as well as some other resources. So why not get a second opinion? Why not educate yourself and why not get a different perspective? Different economic conditions really mandate that you look at different ideas and look at things from a different perspective. So again, all that information is available for free at no obligation. Just go to requestyourreport.com. Give me your name and your address. Let me know where to send the information and I'll be very glad to do that. Also, there's a lot of free resources at our website, retirementlifestyleadvocates.com. I would invite you to visit that website. Uh, You can get the weekly newsletter, the weekly headline roundup podcast, as well as the podcast version of this radio program. That's all the time I have for this week. I hope you got something you can use, and I'll be back again next week.